Welcome to the Thrive with Nancy podcast, created to boost the professional results you as an executive woman generate. I'm honored you return and a big hello to those who have just discovered the podcast. The topic, insights into women and collaboration. It will aid you in realizing the synergy possible when you have a fully committed focus group of executives. I intend to address the female side of the equation, along with a couple of uh, stumbling points that may hold women back from soaring. And then let's finish up with three powerful attitude tips that will have you owning collaboration. Hold on to your earbuds because there's a lot you'll want to hear and a short time to do it in. Let's set the stage with some collaboration facts we can stand on. A McKinsey & Company report reveals employee engagement rates increase by 4% with gender-balanced teams. Also, an IBM study confirms the importance of this collaborative skill when 9 out of 10 C-suite executives say deep collaboration is a universal ambition for companies. And then I have to tell you, all the research I read confirms gender balance is critical to profitability and productivity results. I hope you're beginning to realize how important your voice as a woman is in every collaborative endeavor. And there's one little caveat that I just want to mention to you. It's an inherent skill of ours. Collaboration is owned by women. We absolutely own this skill set. It almost comes to us with birth. And women, almost without thinking, solicit the viewpoint of others. You know that what do you think question we're prone to ask whenever something comes up in our, our environment. Since our go-to response is collaboration, we have to regulate that automatic trigger by asking this question. Is collaboration the most effective and efficient vehicle to arrive at this decision, the one we're facing right now? Sometimes without realizing it, we're abdicating our positional responsibility. So if the decision can and should be made by you, don't collaborate. It's a poor use of your company's resources. Are you experiencing a bit of personal skepticism from how I'm discussing the inherent giftedness we women have when it comes to collaboration? Are you, in your mind, perhaps challenging, you know, wait a minute, what natural skills? As you recall all the difficulties you've experienced coming to agreement in your diverse collaborative endeavors. Well, there's a reason. Men and women simply define collaboration differently, which has us interacting with a varied frame of reference. Yes, it may create a bit of challenge, but that's why collaboration is so significant to an organization's success. Let's dig a bit into this. When Pat Heim, a writer and psychotherapist, asked, what does being a good team player mean to you? Women said, helping all of my colleagues with what they need to get done. Whereas men said, Knowing my position and playing it well. Interesting, isn't it? Time for a gut check on your part. As a woman, are you prone to fill in the gaps when others fail to meet deadlines? Or do you find yourself taking care of others? I've said in previous podcasts, please remember filling in 
only supports your career if your company recognizes your efforts as contributing to your promotional resume. If it's just filling in and it doesn't count, don't do it. Moreover, according to Anne Moore, British geneticist, women are more focused on intimacy and making connections with other people. Think about this in collaboration. And men are more centered on autonomy, power, and asserting. We need to stop judging these dissimilarities as wrong and harmful to collaboration. It is who they are as men, and it's also who we are as women, and our companies need both for successful outcomes. There is another distinction addressed in the book, Women Don't Ask. It identifies men and women have very dissimilar points of view when it comes to the locus of control. Men are more likely to believe that they can influence their circumstances and opportunities through their own actions, whereas women are more likely to believe that their circumstances are controlled by others. This outlook can limit your influence when collaborating if you don't expand your locus of control point of view. Think back over your interactions in collaboration. How often have you held back from voicing your thoughts and opinions because you reason it won't matter? Huh. So there's a lot of natural reasons that set the stage for tension. Yet what we must remember is to generate synergies, this tension also needs to exist. So it's a good thing. Getting above any polarizing viewpoints may take effort, but the results that emerge are well worth it. You know, according to the Institute of Productivity, companies that promote collaboration are five times as likely to be high-performing. They experience increased profitability with the environment promoting innovation and creativity among employees. Despite the powerful results collaboration brings to any organization, the culture in the marketplace doesn't make it effortless. Collaboration is often antithetical to the culture and business values it works within. It demands winning as a group rather than winning as an individual no matter the positional authority you and others on the project hold. So it's a complete turnaround from what you may have learned early in your career. Command and control thinking must give way to collaboration and cooperation. Positional authority in collaborative efforts gives way to individual contributors sharing their expertise to make magic happen. It is a complete switch of success coding for today's workforce. Individual heroism is no longer the only way to the top. While you've spent your career developing and being rewarded for the development of your leadership skills in collaboration, you rarely have direct authority over the people and over the project. Relinquishing your own power in favor of a cooperative approach may not feel normal. It is essential. And honestly, it feels more normal to women than it does men, which is where we have an edge up on the guys in our organization. 
Now collaboration expects each to lean into skills such as listening, influencing, enrolling, honoring, coaching, mentoring, and a whole litany of other attributes requiring emotional self-awareness. How are you in these areas? Have your capabilities kept pace with the more flattened collaborative organizational structure that's evolving? What are some of the attitudes that will help you be a stronger collaborator, leader, slash participant in your organization? There are many, but we're focusing in this podcast on three improvement attitudes that are simple yet tough to execute. The first is relate to your collaborative partners from the mindset of leadership, no matter what your position is. Leaders don't make diverse ideas wrong. They embrace them. They recognize how important it is to relate to collaborative team members based upon individual strengths, not what appears to be missing in them. Powerful leaders don't make diverse ideas wrong. They embrace them. You know, Liz Wiseman wrote an insightful book about multiplier executives who relate to others based upon their strengths. It turns out that multipliers get a lot more out of people than those trying to fix someone or pointing out what they're doing wrong. When employees are asked to identify the percentage of their capability that multipliers bring out in them, the numbers were staggering. They were in the range of 70 to 100%. Wow. So, To get the most out of your collaborative partners, you've got to honor what they bring to the table, not make it wrong. How good would you look to be on a team that is contributing 70 to 100% of the abilities time after time after time? Pretty doggone good, wouldn't it? To nail this point home, I love the work of Dove Eden, a psychologist who told military training officers the command potential of each of their soldiers. What the officers didn't know until after the experiment was that the so-called potential, along with all the supporting data, was completely and utterly bogus. In fact, the scores were randomly assigned and had nothing whatsoever to do with their intelligence, past performance, or even abilities. After the experiment, the soldiers considered by their training officers to have high command potential performed far better on testing scores. It appears the trainees had taken on the characteristics of the capability ascribed to them. Take this collaborative insight to heart. Make sure you're interacting with each member with the utmost respect and total confidence in them as your teammates. And no matter how off target you believe their ideas may seem, relate to them as though their idea is worthwhile. The results you achieve, you'll be pleased. Sometimes that advice is hard to achieve, which is where the second suggestion comes into play. When you run into a tough cookie on the team, and you will, the onus to make it work rests on your shoulders no matter your position on the team. This means you have to clear your mind of your opposition to a person's idea and explore for gold. 
How do you do that? Well, Stephen Covey provides hints to the answer in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He says, quote, first seek to understand before being understood, close quote. This means open-ended exploration of ideas as though there's gold in that person's concept, even though you can't see it as yet. No questions intended to corner them in the wrongness of the idea and show how right you are. It's open-ended curiosity concerning how right they are. See the difference? Even expressing puzzlement that draws both of you into exploring the issue a bit deeper is great for the project. You'll be stunned how often you'll have a shift in perspective that will lead to breakthrough thinking. My third emerges out of a frequent breakdown in collaborative teams, and that's communication. I know, no big surprise to you, right? Executives present an idea. So imagine this. Executives present an idea based upon their own thought process. However, the receiver can't hear it because they speak a different language of the mind than you. I don't mean they speak Russian while you speak English. What I'm referring to is their mind is wired differently than yours. I frequently hold a visual drawing up to a group when I'm addressing this issue. It's a curved wall, so imagine that. It's a curved wall. I then talk about how a person on one side of the curved wall can vehemently argue that the wall is concave. They can do so with integrity and accuracy. They can even go into factual detail about how right they are. And another person on the opposite side of the wall can just as strongly argue that the wall is convex. Both know beyond a shadow of a doubt that their point of view is right. And they are, but only from their limited perspective. This often happens in a collaborative group. It is happening in your mind as well. Your growth depends on appreciating that even though you deeply, deeply believe, yes, based upon evidence, that you're right and the other party is wrong, they may be equally accurate as you, or even partially so. The aha of awareness is where breakthrough occurs through opening your mind to a diverse perspective. A healthy collaborative team understands this dynamic. It's exactly why collaborative groups have been put together. Their line of attacks are poles apart. They come after issues from a different perspective. New products and new corporate directions and new processes emerge out of recognizing the wisdom in what the other is saying. Seeing something newly and then inventing from that position is why collaboration is so amazing. My advice, when you feel your brain knowing beyond knowing that you're right, pause. The rightness of the mind may be sunk in rigidity, which frequently harms collaborative efforts and harms careers. The biggest leverage for successful collaboration is you taking on these three approaches 
because it starts internally and only you can control that area of your career. First, measure for greatness of the people you work with. Next, explore for the individual treasure trough of gold everyone has. And last, yet certainly not least, become receiver-centric as an automatic way of communicating. These three steps have you becoming an outstanding collaborator on your way to a hugely successful career. Every executive and company I've worked with is looking to collaborate more, not less. It's today's business reality. Did you experience any perspective shift? You know, did anything come to mind that you intend to practice in the real world of your business and career? Make sure you translate your ahas into action because it is only then you positively impact your career. I'd love to hear from you. Take a minute to share the actions you've taken and the results you've achieved. Thank you so much for listening. Much success always. I'm thrilled you've listened to the Thrive with Nancy podcast. My intention is to offer quick tips designed for you to apply right away, ones that will boost your career immediately. I bet you're already considering ways to implement these new ideas. Perfect. Now, if you do me a favor, pass the podcast link on to those who will benefit, your friends and coworkers. Thanks so much.